Hey guys, welcome to another Dan Everett podcast episode. Uh, today I have the absolute privilege of interviewing my friend, Jack Shepherd. Uh, Jack and I go way back to our times as university students at Destiny Trip to Edinburgh, where we were leaders together uh, in the student ministry there. And so uh, over the years we've kept in touch and uh, we'll talk about leadership, um, what God is doing in our own life and through us. And so uh, today we're talking about leadership in lockdown um, and what difference that has made to us as leaders and um, leading ourselves, but also leading others as well. So I hope you enjoy. Please do subscribe to the podcast and listen in. Enjoy. Here's my conversation with Jack. Hey Jack, welcome to my podcast today. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi Dan, it's great to be involved in your podcast. Thank you for inviting yeah, me. Yeah, brilliant. And so today we're going to have a conversation around, uh, I guess you know, we're sort of hopefully towards the end of lockdown at the moment, and we're going to be talking through what leadership has been like in lockdown. Uh, but you know, before we do that, before we get into the, the lockdown stuff, uh, let's talk about, you know, Jack, how did you originally get into leadership? When yeah. was the first time you, you sort of realised you're in a leadership role? Well, I've always been uh, quite enthusiastic and creative. So really leadership for me started uh, as early as I can remember. So I remember when I was uh, about six or seven, I would often organise church services uh, at home for my family. Oh, yeah. So I remember like doing uh, weird little crafts, like cutting up doves with getting people to write on and organizing <laughs> activity plays when we got together as a wider family at Christmas. Uh, so uh, then when I went to secondary school, the Christian Union group had stopped at the school and I felt that it was important for there to be uh, some sort of group to encourage Christians and to be helping Christians to work together to provide some sort of Christian witness in the school. So I got organized with that and started inviting people along to the, to the CU and still had a lot of leadership mistakes to learn from at that point. So it didn't completely take off. I remember our, uh, yeah, we, we, decided to, we decided to call it fish on a Friday because that's what we enjoyed having for lunch on Fridays. And the first session, we invited people along and they really enjoyed coming and watching Finding Nemo. And oh, yeah. the second they came and we showed a Rob Bell video. And we asked people what they thought after the video. And they were like, oh, well, the video was great. But what's this got to do with fish? Uh, <laughs> they, they didn't realize it was like a Christian group. I think somehow we've managed to send out confused communication and people thought that they were coming to a, like some sort of weird fish appreciation society right, okay. um, so then I had a gap year and I planned to work with a Christian theatre company on my gap year which was really good uh, but just before I started work with them I mentioned to my youth worker at my church in York St Michael of Belfry uh, that I've been thinking about working at the church as well they had a scheme called Parish Assistant Scheme, and they had uh, people who would work part-time with the church doing all kinds of different roles. And I was wondering about uh, being the prayer parish assistant. 
Uh, and you sort of need someone to champion you. And the youth worker, as soon as I mentioned it, he was like, that's a fantastic idea. And he spoke with the operations manager at the church. And so he called me in for an interview. And I thought that it was going to be testing out whether, uh, whether I should be the person that did it or not. And he was just really positive. And I started working at the church. And that was a big learning curve for me because the scheme working at the theatre was an amazing opportunity. Uh, and I worked with a really fantastic team there. But although it was what I'd always wanted to do, my heart was to be working instead in the church. So when it came to my lunch break, I'd run across the city to try and get as much work done as possible in the church. And uh, maybe in the mornings before I started working at the school next door to the church to teach drama there, I'd turn up early to the church, start doing my job. So there were a lot of lessons I needed to learn about living sustainably. Uh, yeah, it's quite a lot all at the same time. for. <laughs> <laughs> in different places yeah well I remember one person said you know do you ever take a sabbath and I was like no it's like what's, what's that <laughs> yeah I was like yeah I need to actually build rest into my life but I guess you know as a enthusiastic 18 year old you can vaguely yeah. get away with it yeah, you get away with it. Brilliant. Well, that's sort of like been a little bit of your journey into leadership. So currently you are near Liverpool in Skelmersdale. I am. Um, what is your role? Because you're a leader in the church, what is your role at the moment and how long have you been doing that for? So I started work at St Paul's in Skelmersdale in June 2017. So three years ago. Okay, yeah. Almost this weekend. Ah, they, almost the anniversary of it. Yeah, exactly. The people who are starting the role that I started then are actually starting today. So, cool. <laughs> yeah, very much an anniversary. Well, I guess like three years ago, you could have had lots of dreams, lots of what's the future going to look like. Probably none of us would have really predicted that 2020 would look like how 2020 has been. Like no. The last three, four months um, has been such an interesting time to be a leader and to be a leader in the church as well um, and so you know let's we'll talk in a moment about you know leading in the church and what that looks like you know initiatives that kind of stuff but I guess you know we've chatted quite often about leadership and one thing that we often talk about is before we can lead others we need to lead ourselves um, and so Jack like through through this time so um, at the time of us recording this it's been you know about three months, three and a half months that we've been in lockdown and we're starting to see some of those restrictions lifted now, which is great. Um, but how have you led yourself in this time? You know, what has that looked like for you in lockdown um, to self-lead yourself? So I think one thing that's been really important is a shared rule of life. Okay. So in the area where I work, the Diocese of Liverpool, they talk a lot about our shared rule of life. They talk too about our vision, the vision for our diocese. Uh, so vision is another really important thing. Uh, it says in the Bible that without vision, uh, the people perish. Mm -hmm. So uh, it said sometimes that if you prod uh, a member of clergy uh, in our diocese, uh, that uh, it almost comes out automatically, uh, our vision yeah. statement. Uh, so, you know, I can just churn that out, uh, that, you know, we're working to be a bigger church, making a bigger difference with more people knowing Jesus and more justice in the world. 
Mm-hmm. I don't have to look that up. I just know what our vision is and that's something that I'm working towards in my work here. Uh, yeah. But our rule of life is almost the other thing that if you prod a member of clergy, uh, that will spill out. So we talk about the inner journey uh, of praying, uh, reading the scriptures and learning together and the outer journey of giving generously, telling people about Jesus and serving other people in practical ways. Uh, And so having that rule of life and knowing that it's shared with other people has been really important. Uh, And uh, the bishop who uh, leads uh, clergy in our area uh, has been talking about how he feels that this is a time to have a particular focus on the inward journey. Uh, So that's been really good to take more time to read, more time to uh, learn with others, uh, in a sense more time to pray. Uh, And part of that has been developing uh, more of a personal rhythm of life. So I've thought about that uh, as a specific concept that I've got a rule of life, but also a rhythm. Uh, yeah, that's so important. I think what we've all found is that <laughs> there's not been any rhythm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I think the day when we were told that church services weren't going to be happening yeah. for this season, uh, I came home and just got writing my rhythm of life, sort of the steady things that didn't need to change. So actually a few days ago, uh, this past week, when everything seemed to be moving quite quickly again, we were told we were going to be able to do weddings and that church services might be able to happen again quite soon. I thought, let's go back to the rhythm of life. That these are the things that I was going to be able to do in lockdown. Mm-hmm. And hopefully there'll be the things that I could do outside of lockdown as well. Yeah. Uh, so that rhythm of life has been really important, both moving into lockdown and moving out of it. Yeah, so that's like things like prayer. Um, is, is that like sort of taking like a, a day off in a week, like a Sabbath? And what, yeah, exactly. What are some of the rhythms that you've you've seen over this last couple of months? So it's included things like taking a Sabbath. Mm-hmm. I try and take Sabbath from the night before. That's a principle that I've learned from leaders that I've worked with. So Friday nights uh, are always a fun time getting a takeaway and watching yes. a film. Uh, and then Sabbath, I've been able to do... Uh, all kinds of different things, particularly as time has changed. So yesterday I was at Chatsworth House, obviously was restricted from doing things like that at the beginning of lockdown. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, even just taking a few days holiday early in lockdown and another few days a bit later, and finding creative ways of taking holiday, of resting at home. Yeah, that's so important because like we think that actually, you know, we're at home, so therefore we're resting. But actually... You know, some of us are still working, still our minds are very active, even if we're not physically at an office. Um, so I think taking those days off, one thing that was helpful was actually writing a bit of a project list for myself. Okay. It's a very different project list to what I would have for my ministry. Yeah. But things like, you know, I want to take a bath and oh, I want to have a nice takeaway and yeah. I want to watch a good film. Would you, would you have a, a, a takeaway in the bath though? <laughs> I think that would be a very bad idea. <laughs> I like, I like Chinese, but I don't know if duck and orange is particularly good for eating in there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, moving on quickly. <laughs> uh, so, also at the end of the week, I've been doing something called weekly wanderings. Okay. So, friends Phil and Francis, good friends from York, I've learned about having daily devotionals, weekly wanderings. Uh, they talk about monthly meanderings. I prefer the idea of termly travels. 
find that's a bit more sustainable. An annual abandonment, taking retreat on sort of an annual basis. So plenty of alliteration there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's something daily, that's something weekly, potentially monthly or every couple of months, and then something once a year as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess the, the annual thing has been something that's been swimming around in my mind for a while that I would have taken a retreat by now this year. Okay. I usually my annual retreat shortly after Easter. But I've been wondering about maybe taking that slightly later in the year just to actually get away. But yeah. weekly wanderings have been really important. So usually I go to a, well, quite often I go to a cafe for my weekly wandering. Okay. Obviously I'm not allowed to go to cafes. So I've been trying to have a cafe at home. Yep. So I've been making a nice mug of hot chocolate for myself and sitting down with some biscuits. It's the main time that I journal in that weekly wandering. So that's a really special time that I have yeah. to reflect and yeah, to seek God in, in prayer. And I think I've actually gone deeper in those times by being restricted from going out and just having to do it in the same way every week. I'd say that I've gone deeper in those times with God. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what has that then, I guess, you know, that's been a good practice and a good rhythm. Is that, has that helped you during the uncertainty and the yeah. unknown of lockdown? Like, how has that helped you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just grabbing my journal now. So I always write down lots of practical, always write down lots of practical things in my journal. Yeah. Uh, so not always things that I do, <laughs> but always ideas that seem good at the time. And then maybe in the practice of the following week, I discover reasons that they don't quite work yeah. uh, in reality. Uh, so last week I wrote that I thought it'd be beneficial to make a list of what I was achieving each day. It's easy to look back at the end of each day and to think, oh man, like I've not achieved anything. I'm pretty useless. And mm -hmm. I thought just have a little list on those days. I might try and do that a bit more. Yeah. yeah. And then I guess as well, that's okay because even in lockdown, we're in a different season and sometimes we can't, you know, yeah. complete everything we want to complete because, you know, maybe our energy is a bit lower or maybe just, you know, it's simply not possible physically to, to go and do it. Um, so I guess we need to show ourselves grace in this as well. I think that's a challenge. You know, I guess there's a few projects or special emphases that I feel like I've had during uh, this time in lockdown. Yeah. I've been exploring uh, starting a new worshipping community uh, for what's known as the missing generation. So sort of 18s to 30 yeah. some olds uh, and uh, exploring theology within new wine. Yeah. And just to go, you know, if something's not happening, just to take stock. And actually one thing I've learned over the past few years is it's often because God has a particular timing. Yeah. There might be things that I would have chosen to organise before that might have been in my to-do list for weeks and that somehow when I finally get round to them it turns out there's a particular reason that it had to be that week mm -hmm. and that if I'd done it before then almost something would have been amiss with it. Um, so I think just trusting God with his sense of timing that the reason that things might not happen may not just be you know, my, my ability to get around to them or because I procrastinated, but might also be because, you know, God is sovereign and therefore can make me do the things at the time that I need to. 
Yeah, like if there are even like in March when everything locked down, like it just like threw up all the timelines we've got, both personally with church, with our leadership, all that kind of stuff. It just thrown everything up in the air. Like we can't be yeah. certain necessarily sure about any of the timelines. And so I guess as well, it's like, okay, I'm not in control, but I need to learn to trust God in that as well. So important. And she, she mentioned a couple of things, like a couple of projects with church as well. So let's maybe talk about what has leading in the church looked like in this time. Um, yeah. So yeah, tell us about your role normally, because it's yeah. not normal times, but what does that normally look like for you as a leader in the church? What are you responsible for? So one thing that I find really helpful in my role is knowing that there's a really clear description of it. Yes. Uh, when I started my role, I took part in a service at Liverpool Cathedral, uh, both to become a deacon in the church and to become a priest or a presbyter in the church. Uh, and in that service, there's something called the declarations and they describe uh, what a calling to being a deacon or to being a priest or a presbyter looks like. Yeah. Uh, so it describes uh, sort of in that priestial presbyteral ministry role uh, about how it's, you know, about exercising sort of the ministry of God's word, teaching people God's word, uh, administering communion and baptism. Uh, I love the evangelistic focus in it as well, how it talks about reaching the forgotten corners of the world, uh, that yeah. sort of shepherding dimension as well, but being a shepherd who reaches out to the lost sheep. Uh, and for me, it's both having that clear description of my role and what I am expected to do and recognizing that that's developed through history, that some sort of description in that way has existed since, you know, at least the 16th century. Wow. Uh, but also, uh, and that it's based on words that have been similar uh, since then. I mean, obviously taking a sort of a 21st century flavor, but actually since the first prayer book was written in 1549, actually the words, you know, it's been a similar content. Uh, so that encourages me to think that that description of my role exists and that I can go back yeah. to the descriptions when I might get confused about what my own personal calling is. Yeah, because um, you can sometimes not be clear on that, but we can be clear on some things, but some things we're not necessarily clear on. And I think, you know, in leadership or if we want to be productive with anything, then we need to be clear. That is so, so important. I think that clarity really, really helps me. Yeah. yeah. And on, I think you've got a link for that as well. So I can put that in the in the description as well, so people can have a look at that, see, see, see what you get up to. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I there's something... Theology, yeah. I mean, as a bit of a theology geek, that helps me as well. Yeah. And I just theology of it. So, I mean, people looking at it might think, oh, I don't agree with that bit, or I don't like that. And it is very, you know, it's an Anglican description. Mm -hmm. But me, I just love, you know, I relish in that as a bit yeah. of a theology nerd. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so, you know, so some things then you're involved with, you know, teaching, you're involved with, you know, connecting with the community um, sharing the gospel with people that are, uh, you know, not part of the church um, as well as part of the church. Um, so there are some things that you, you do regularly and that's part of your role, but we're in a different time. Yeah. <laughs> so how has that, I guess, evolved now and changed over these last few months? Are, are there things that you've started that like, or things you hadn't done before, like new things? Or is there stuff that you had to be like, okay, well, we're putting this on pause for the next season, we're stopping completely? Yeah, so there's some things that I've continued. Yep. So as well as my uh, ministry as a curate in the church, well, as part of my ministry as a curate in the church, 
I've been doing a PhD. Uh, so that's really important that I keep working on that. I'm doing that part time for six years. Uh, so if I was just to take a six month or whatever gap on that, we'd have some problems. Yeah. Uh, so there's things that I've stopped doing. Uh, so uh, in the past, we'd have had three services on a Sunday, 9.30, 11.15 and 6.30. Instead, we've just been doing one service during this time uh, over the internet on a Sunday at 11.15. Uh, I've not been doing pastoral visiting in the same way. I've tried to be calling people. Yeah, you're not allowed to go around to their house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I noticed a couple of weeks ago that someone had been uh, bringing sort of a communion set and a little stool and a little table around with them. Uh, but there's just been all these restrictions for ages and you know, people are more or less confident to uh, sort of step out of their houses. And since the rules changed, I've been able to have a few people around to the garden. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I had a few sort of light meals with people and had someone around for a gin and tonic the other week. Which yeah. Is, a bit of a tonic to them <laughs> but yeah I guess that's been you know that's had to change uh, I suppose learning to do new things so in the past we've had morning prayer but we've started doing evening prayer as well uh, which has been great so you what uh, would you like meet at the church for morning prayer is that the kind of thing is yeah so yeah. we'd have met at nine o'clock in the in the church uh, for the morning prayer on Mondays through to Thursdays now we're doing it at 9am and 8pm uh, every day of the week, Monday through to including Friday. Okay. Um, so that's actually a... multiplied the times, the number of times you're praying as, as a, you know, as a group that people are connecting with that as well. Yeah. So I found when I wrote my rhythm of life, that was really important that as someone who's ordained in the church of England, I'm expected to do morning prayer and evening prayer and I thought if I'm going to have a rhythm of life I could learn from that I might as well try it mm -hmm. and uh, yeah it's just been a huge blessing it's been one of the things that you know I really want to keep doing after lockdown whether we do that as a church or whether I just do that by myself more often and that's been you know an amazing thing that I've learned uh, through lockdown yeah. yeah, and to see more people joining in with prayer as well, quite often in the church in the morning, it would just be me and the vicar during the week for morning prayer. But actually now we're joined by a community, which, you know, these days is sort of a good 15 people. So way more people involved in prayer in the church. Yeah. So you've been able to open up to more people. And has that been, has that been through Facebook? Is that Facebook uh, Live? Facebook Live, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just, it's just been great. And so we've, we've had a team, so... I've been involved in leading it, but I've got three other members of clergy in the church. So Chris has been doing it, Anna, Peter, and also Sandra, who uh, works as sort of a licensed uh, sort of lay or normal person in the church. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah. It's just interesting that in this time that we actually, you know, church as maybe people would see church normally is that it's changed so much and we've had to be creative. Um, so, you know, at our church here in Destiny, like all our services are online as well. Um, but we've been able to do, you know, different things like interviews. We've been able to host it at different times. So we were doing a Sunday morning and evening and a Monday night, which we didn't have a Monday night service people could connect with before. So it's actually, 
being able to help help us think creatively. I think le part of leadership is thinking creatively, isn't it? Um, sort of exploring creativity and mm -hmm. this in the, yeah, I guess the joys and challenges of that for you. Dan. Yeah. So yeah, so it's, it's been like actually, hey, we have a problem, mm. and then we need to actually think of like what are the solutions that and the solutions that we've had previously to the problems that we've had, you know, those no longer work, but we're now coming up with different um, solutions to problems, and that we have, you know, and you know, one of the great things is like Zoom. So actually, I've been able to connect with my leaders more um, on a more of a weekly basis, rather maybe a monthly basis beforehand, gathering together because we've been able to do it on Zoom. Um, and so you're thinking like, how do you support people? And actually there's different ways like that, but you can um, do that, which is, which is fantastic. And I guess it's now we have a bit more, we need to think through what we're doing rather than just, you know, sometimes we just get set into the rhythms of life that are maybe not always the healthiest or the habit, right, right habits. But now yeah. we have to be a bit more intentional if we are wanting to lead well um, in this time. Because we were taking part the other day in the Multiply conference, weren't we? Yeah, so um, we're at the Multiply, uh, Multiply X 2020 was it? Uh, uh, church planting uh, conference run by yeah. the Church of England. So yeah, it's yeah. great to be able to connect on that online. Yeah, and one thing that struck me from that was where they were saying that church planters actually people who are naturally church planters because they're innovative and they think outside the box almost yeah. address this quicker than might have been expected. So that Tuesday that we found out church services were going to be uh, stopping for a while in yeah. the normal way. Uh, I remember being at a meeting and just saying that I was kind of a bit frustrated because me and uh, Chris, the vicar that I work with, like I'm definitely sort of uh, apostolic in terms of my fivefold gifting, whereas he would be more of a pastor. Uh, and I was saying, you know, it felt frustrating because we hadn't quite clicked into that yet, but that was really early days. And actually later on that afternoon, sort of immediately beginning to tackle it and finally just jumped straight in uh, mm -hmm. trying to find new ways of, of doing this. Uh, but I think, you know, that's, that's the way that we're wired in different ways, isn't it? That we all have different, have different gifts. I love that description of apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and, and teachers. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we, you know, teamwork does make the dream work. You know, we need each other. And when it comes to, you know, challenges like, you know, even like global challenges or national challenges, or even like, you know, lo local challenges and community, we actually need to work not just as individuals, but as communities, as leadership teams um, to work things through together. So, so important. I think um, also for me, part of the challenge at this time has been accepting the things that I'm not called to. Okay. And so loads of people have been talking about how amazing Alpha is during this season. Yeah. Loads of other events. I suppose at the beginning, I was thinking I'd love to organize lunch bars i know that uccf have put on some fantastic events with students around the country uh -huh. but for me i really felt when i've come back to pray about it that actually i'm not meant to be putting on any sort of common see us type events any sort of attractional events i just feel like that's not what i'm called to in this season uh, and similar with, i guess with sort of the more social action side that i'd love to be sort of giving more of my time to like setting up a food bank or um, various other sort of uh, ministries to practically meet people's needs. Cause I see that as being so important. 
Yeah. But, but actually that isn't my main area of gifting. And so I thought, you know, those things need to happen and I'm going to do my absolute best to encourage them. Uh, but it's recognizing we don't have sort of more than 24 hours a day. So we need to listen and come back to prayer to hear what is God calling us to rather than just feeling guilty and the pressure of things that we're not wired, that we're not primarily made for, that we all have a unique personal identity and calling on our lives. Yeah, that's so true. Because like, we could just get trying to do everything ourselves. Mm. But actually, you know, that leads to burnout. That leads to just stress. That leads to being ineffective in many ways as well. And so actually, we need to know, we need to know ourselves what God's gift does to do, but also what he's calling us to do and what he's calling us not to do. Um, and I guess in leadership, it means, you know, we lead others. And so we can still value something like, you know, food banks or, or helping people in those practical ways which is obviously awesome um but it doesn't mean that we have to be the ones that step out and do it although we can be involved you know, yeah. depending on the context depending on what our responsibilities are but we can encourage others we can release others to go and do do those things and you know maybe they've not heard heard about that opportunity we can put that on people's radar and it's recognizing, <laughs> isn't it, that you know, all of us are called to be involved in some way and yeah. social action jesus says to all of his disciples like there's that classic example at the start of john's gospel of nathaniel sort of come and see you know all of us to be saying to people come and see uh, but actually uh yeah there's a particular sort of emphasis that different people carry in ministry and it's yeah. sort of holding holding the weight of that whilst holding the other things so alan hirsch uh, talks about how jesus is the apostle, the prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. Am I called to be fully like Christ? But but actually, we'll lean more into one of those five things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And um, so we are, you know, we're starting to hear from the government that we're starting to come out of lockdown. There's you know some restrictions being uh, removed or relaxed a little bit, and you know we hopefully that will all go in the right direction. We hope people are going to stay safe, and so all going to be. Um, good and well but as we get back to normality um, as we start to lead in more of a you know more consistent normal environment um, what what have you been learning in this time or and that you're going to be taking out out from lockdown with you into you know things that have changed you know thinking that's changed or practical things that have changed for you but you're actually you know, that is worth holding on to for the next whatever the next season looks like yeah so I think one of the most important things, probably the most important thing, uh, is trusting uh, that because of the Holy Spirit, that with God's help, I can do crisis. Yeah. This is such an opportunity for us as the church to learn about how we travel through crisis together. So right at the beginning, I found that responses were coming out of me uh, that I didn't like. And I thought... Now, on that day, like if massive persecution ever comes, like as faced in places like North Korea to the UK, then actually I need to know, know how to live as a follower of Jesus in that. Uh, and finding that when the government were introducing new rules and regulations, that there was sort of this anger, this bitterness that was coming out. And I thought if I was on the spot as a persecuted follower of Christ, 
what would come out of my mouth in those moments, like based on like what I saw then, like wouldn't have been a positive thing. And just trusting like God to refine me through, through this time and trusting that the Holy Spirit uh, can, can guide me through those times of crisis. But seeing that, I guess, walking in step with God, that things that seem impossible to get through, actually we have all the strength that we need. And just amazing how God gives us promises to, to hold on to. So one promise that's kept going through my mind in this time is where Jesus says, I will build my church. Church growth is something that I'm so passionate about. And to know that Jesus promises whatever we face, that he's going to build his church. Just so encouraging and exploring Psalm 91 as well, which talks about abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, uh, that Jesus is a strong tower who we can uh, run to for refuge and and safety. So trusting God to, to carry us through and to be the one who works through us when we're faced with, uh, yeah, severe challenges. Yeah, and it, you know the promises that Jesus makes is not that it's going to be easy or that everything's going to be fine, but actually his promise with us is that he's going to be with us. Mm, and actually holding on to that, that is, and whatever challenge, both crisis you know, nationally, globally, personal or personally, any of that, like actually Jesus is going to help us through that. Uh, yeah so i think for me it's been recognizing you know there's far worse problems happening in other parts of the world and we could face far worse problems in our own lives we don't know what's going to come to the uk but above everything else trusting that god reigns he's made promises and he can get us through uh, and then I guess practical things of yep. knowing immediate neighbours, uh, just seeing the real value of that. So the person who lives next door to me, she's only been there for a few months uh, with the people that she's living with, but that's just been great. So she gave me a, a, a gin and cup tonic glass the other day because she's moving out in about six weeks uh, if things go well. And she was saying she wants to give me a leaving present now so things weren't too emotional. Them, but it's just been great to do life with the people on my street. I live in a cul-de-sac and so there's quite a strong sense of community with the neighbours around me uh, but just seeing the importance uh, of being sort of upheld and upholding other people in that kind of community. Yeah, like we, yeah, we find that in Edinburgh as well. So many people live by themselves or don't connect with people around them but in Edinburgh we find that actually you know, really actually enjoyed being in the community that we're actually living in a bit more and going for a walk each day and, and just, you know, exploring streets that have not been on before. Um, yeah. So. I think that's so important. What you say about getting out, yeah. you know, going for a walk on the streets and you know, just the joy of sort of physical exercise. You know, I think for both of us, we've been part of gyms for quite a while. Yeah. And so most of the exercise that we do is sort of, you know, wonderful, but cooped up in a, in a building and just to get yeah. out and do all my exercise outdoors it's been so much fun to hear the birds singing and the trees and to see plants and the change of nature at different seasons yeah, yeah. and so often we're so busy that we're rushing it and we miss all of that whereas now we're sort of have been forced to slow down yeah so, so are you going to keep up with your daily walk as we come out of lockdown jack my daily walk yeah um, yeah yeah, so I think the rhythm of life is going to 
it's going to just be huge, hopefully. I mean, that feels like something I really want to cling on to. But even during this time, sort of feeling like I can uh, revise it a little bit, that these are things that, you know, shouldn't remain completely set in stone, but things that have an element of fluidity around yeah. them. Um, and, yeah, I think for me, just wanting to, wanting to make sure I get outside more. So someone was saying uh, on Wednesday that they felt like I taught more about running than I actually do it. <laughs> wow, that's a challenge. <laughs> yeah, and they said, and I was like, yeah, but I don't know when I'm going to find time to do it. And they were like, well, after evening prayer, you've not got anything on tonight. You were just going to watch TV. So why don't you go out this evening and go for a run? I was like, because uh, I don't want to. <laughs> and I did. Come out. Yeah, I think I'd like to go running more in the in the evenings. But, you know, the challenge yeah. of you've got to get down to it. And laziness can get, you know, laziness can get in the way. Yeah. But I guess as well with, with summer, with, you know, brighter nights, you know, now's the time to get running. Absolutely. Um, brilliant. Thanks so much, Jack. But before we wrap up, we love to talk about books that we're reading. Um, yeah. So what, what's a book or two that you've been reading over lockdown? What are you reading at the moment? Yeah, so I'm reading a couple of books at the moment, as well as all the other books that I'm reading for my PhD. Uh, so I was reading a few books the other day on Friday for my PhD. So a book about church planting uh, in the West by a guy called Stephen Pass, which is just excellent. Uh, the books that I've been focusing on uh, I've been getting stuck in like lots of other people. Uh, to, uh, Rennie Edo Lodge's book, Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race. Have yeah. you read that? Yeah, I've been reading that as well. Yeah, I and mean, it's just such an important challenge at the moment. Um, yeah. yeah, so important to learn about, um, especially you know, for us, we're, we're white guys. So it's really important. We maybe haven't been aware of a lot of the issues that have been going on. Um, so I found it really eye-opening. Yeah, I find as a researcher as well, like with my academic staff, to be, you know, not just recognising the institutional racism that exists in the Church of England, but but also recognising the institutional racism that exists in the academy, uh, and the importance in both of my roles. So yeah. begin to challenge that. Be reading uh, Elton John's autobiography as well. Me, it's called which potentially says everything that you need to know about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I watched his film the other day, Rocket Man. I've not seen that, yeah. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, it's, it's been a good, very interesting read, actually. I recommend it. And I've got a friend uh, who is vicar of St. Michael of Belfry, who whenever he gives a reading list, uh, he talks about how his number one, Bible, his number one uh, book is the Bible. And so I've been reading the Bible from uh, cover to cover, trying to read the whole Bible in a year at the moment. So I'm oh, yeah. Ecclesiastes at the moment. It was loving Proverbs uh, and now digging into the riches of Ecclesiastes. Yeah. Um, and vanity. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I've just started two, two books on uh, yesterday. Um, what well, are you reading? New book. Yeah. Ah. New book on Dream Big, which has been fantastic so far. And uh, a new book by John Lennox, 2084, looking at artificial intelligence. So, wow. That's, so what yeah. are you learning about artificial intelligence, Dan? Um, that it is, it is real. It's out there. And it affects so much of our lives, you know, from algorithms on social media right through to 
robotics and technology and um, there's a lot of misconceptions out there as well like we often view AI as you know what we see in films but there's more to it and less to it than that as well so yeah we will just start that so I'll give you a full review at some point well maybe I should get you on my podcast at some point we can have a <laughs> chat about it <laughs> more about that book yeah um well jack thank you so much for your time and um, it's really good to catch up really good to chat through about leadership and lockdown and you know i know this lockdown and, and the coronavirus pandemic that's going to change a lot of things for a lot of us and we don't know the full extent of that but hopefully we're going to come out of this stronger we're going to come out of this as better leaders um as well so jack thank you so much for your time thank you dan thank you Thanks again so much to Jack for joining me today for this great conversation around leadership and lockdown. I'd love to hear from you guys. What are you learning about leadership in lockdown? Uh, You can follow me on uh, social media at daneverett90 or drop me an email along at daneverett90 at gmail.com. Have a great day uh, wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this, and we'll be back soon with another episode. See you later.